Hello, this is Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. with a word about your name and rank. What's in a name? If you are named Edward, you have a promising future in the military service since your name means guardian of property. And speaking of names, if you're a corporal, it means that you're capable of taking command of a small body of troops. In fact, the Latin word for body is corpo, from which the Italians originated corporale, which we call corporal. What's in a name? Plenty. Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring Bing Crosby, comedian Frank Fontaine, plus some of radio's great mystery and adventure programs, including Charlie Chan and the master detective Nick Carter, plus some laughable moments with the popular comedy team of Rowan and Martin. It's said that during the 30s, 40s, and 50s, more people throughout the world heard Bing Crosby's voice than any other entertainer, and I can believe it. Here's Bing with one of the big hits of the 1940s. This heart of mine was doing very well. The world was fine. As as I could tell And then quite suddenly I met you And I dreamed of gay amours At dawn I woke up Singing sentimental Comedian Frank Fontaine created a character named John L.C. Savoni. I believe he first appeared on the radio on the Jack Benny program, and later on television he became a nationwide sensation on the Saturday Night Jackie Gleason show. The routine for which he is most famous takes place when Mr. Savoni tells about the time he was sitting at home in his living room listening to the radio, when he suddenly finds out he has the winning sweepstake ticket. Here's Frank Fontaine as John L.C. Savoni. I'm glad I won the sweepstakes this year. 
tell you how it happened anyway. I was hanging around the house one afternoon. I wasn't doing nothing. I didn't feel like doing nothing. Just hanging around the house. I was hanging around the house one afternoon. I wasn't doing nothing. I didn't feel like doing nothing. Just hanging around the house. I said to myself, what are you doing, John? Not. <laughs> and I wasn't. I just hang around the house. I wasn't doing nothing. I started listening to the radiator, radio. All of a sudden, the guy in the radio started talking to me. He said, you're the winner. I said, who? He said, you. I said, me? He said, yeah. I said, do you know what my number is? He said the winning number is 0397 or 6 or 5 I said, holy smoke, that's me. <laughs> Detective and mystery programs were very popular on radio for many years, and an evening didn't go by when you couldn't tune in to a half a dozen or more. Here's a potpourri of some of the shows that many of us were listening to during the golden days of radio. And now, True Detective Mysteries. In cooperation with the editor of True Detective magazine and the mutual broadcasting system, True Detective Mysteries. The Mysterious Traveler. This is the mysterious traveler inviting you to join me on another journey into the realm of the strange and the terrifying. I hope you will enjoy the trip, that it will thrill you a little and chill you a little. So settle back and get a good grip on your nerves, if you can. The Adventures of the Falcon. Yes, this is the Falcon. This is the house of mystery.
is Roger Elliott, otherwise known as the Mystery Man, welcoming you to another storytelling session here at the House of Mystery. Smash through the window. I just held my breath and said a few appropriate words to any archangels that might be listening. I felt something bite into my neck. I thought, so long, Mike. It's been fun. The new adventures of Michael Shane, private detective. Another popular program during the 40s featured the famous Chinese detective Charlie Chan. The star of that series later on became a motion picture actor and in 1962 won an Academy Award for the Best Supporting Actor of the Year in the motion picture Sweet Bird of Youth. But now, from 1945, listen to Ed Begley as Charlie Chan. The incomparable Charlie Chan. The American Broadcasting Company presents the incomparable Charlie Chan, detective, philosopher, modern Chinese sage in a new and exciting series. Join the famous detective every day at this time, Monday through Friday, as he combines the wisdom of the East and the science of the West in a thrilling and dramatic chapter from the adventures of Charlie Chan. Chan humbly gives you greeting and extends warm welcome. Old Chinese proverb instructs, many times shortest route to goal is longest journey. And today, long journey took this person underground to meet death. This week's adventure, The Man Who Moved Mountains. discovery of the body of Charles Burnett in the roadside show of Professor Arthur Moore has led Charlie Chan through a bewildering tangle of clues. Chan learned that Burnett had been buying up mountains of rubbish from worn-out gold mines and apparently manufactured diamonds from this useless material. But Brock, a diamond dealer, insisted he had never heard of Burnett and had never bought jewels from him. As Chan and his son rushed to their car to drive to police headquarters, they open the car door to discover a murdered man lying in the back seat. Now, in the garage behind headquarters, Chan and his son examine the body with Lieutenant Locke. Chan, this is the craziest case I've ever seen. It's beginning to get me rocky. How do you think we're getting, Lieutenant? Golly, driving all the way to headquarters with that... that passenger. Who is he, Pop? Unlike Mr. Charles Burnett, this gentleman completely identified. Name... Mr. John Tapman, resident of this city. According to business card, is representative of Radio Radar Company of St. Louis and Chicago. How was this one killed, Chan? Was strangled. How? Small piece of twine placed around throat and twisted tight, probably with stick of wood. Oh, garroted, huh? Yes. Can see line of twine deeply embedded in skin. Listen, Pop. What the dickens is the connection between this corpse and Burnett? 
I'm so sorry to display stupidity. Your father does not know. Maybe there isn't any connection, Chan. That would be stretching already overly long arm of coincidence. Too much, Lieutenant Locke. All right, Chan. Only what in blazes are you going to do about it? We can't just stumble around in circles. We'll mount to office in headquarters while homicide takes care of dead Mr. Tapman. Must collect and collate data on case, then submerge self in deep thought. Was wisely written, is time for fishing and time to dry nets. Charlie Chan now dries nets to catch murderer. case of man who moved mountains now takes deadly turn will be necessary for this miserable person to move entire mountain to reach safety and conclusion of case hope you will join self tomorrow until then Charlie Chen wish you goodbye thank you sure to join us again tomorrow at the same time for the case of the man who moved mountains. There'll be more thrills, excitement, and comedy in The Adventures of Charlie Chan. The Adventures of Charlie Chan are based on the famous character created by Earl Durr Biggers. Charlie Chan is played by Ed Begley, number one son by Leon Janney. Dorian St. George speaking. <laughs> Dorian St. George? Sunday afternoons, the Mutual Network brought the company the exploits of the master detective, Nick Carter. What's the matter? What is it? Another case for Nick Carter, master detective! Yes, it's another case for that most famous of all manhunters, the detective whose ability at solving crime is unequaled in the history of detective fiction. Nick Carter, Master Detective. Now for the conclusion of the case of the hit-and-run ghost. Today's adventure with Nick Carter. With a gun in his hand, Latham calmly explains his plan. I'll use this gun on you and the girl, Carter, and then I'll use your gun to kill Harlow. So the police will think I tried to arrest him, and we shot it out, huh? Of course. That'll be the only logical explanation, since everything else seems to prove that Harlow killed Smith and the doctor. There'll be no reason at all to suspect me. But what reason did you have for killing them, Latham? Money, Miss Bowen. Father did make a new will and gave it to Dr. Trent. Latham killed the doctor to get it so he could use it to blackmail me. Why not? If I produced the new will, Harlow wouldn't get a dime. But if I kept quiet, the old will would be in force, and under that, he'd come in for half of the estate. Naturally, I'd expect a substantial share of it. And what about Smith? He tried to blackmail me, too. I told Latham I couldn't pay off to both of them, so he... So I kept Harlow's appointment with Smith last night and uh, eliminated my competition. Too bad, after all the trouble I've gone to, that now I'll have to kill the goose that would have laid me a whole flock of golden eggs. Latham, you can't kill me, too. I've got to, Harlow. It's a matter of self-preservation. Before you pull that trigger, Latham, you better look behind you. Look, Carter, you don't expect me to fall for that old trick, do you? It's I know that... It's no trick, Latham. Sergeant Matheson. Yeah. Don't try anything fancy. I can shoot just as fast as you can. 
Get his gun, Nick. Right, Maddie. Rotten break. Who'd have expected you to walk in just at the wrong time? Nick and I both expected it, Mr. Latham. Why, sure. They knew I was looking for you while they questioned Harlow. And you knew all the time that Latham did it? Not exactly, Harlow. But we knew he was involved as soon as we decided that your father had made a new will. How could you know? Because you all agreed that no one was in the sick room with Mr. Thorndyke except you and the doctor, Latham. And in this state, a will requires two witnesses. And since you denied knowing about any paper or document, Mr. Latham, that made you an accessory, at least. He wasn't an accessory. He killed them both himself. Yeah, Harlow. So that makes you the accessory. But you're just as guilty as he is. I'm not. I didn't do a thing. You knew I killed Trent, and you knew I was going to kill Smith. But you kept quiet because of the money. That's a lie. I didn't know... All right, all right. Don't argue, boys. You'll have plenty of time to talk it over later. In the death house. If radio detectives were still on the air today, I imagine they'd be more sophisticated. Here's comedians uh, Dan Rowan and Dick Martin to give us a thumbnail sketch of what they might be like. There's a great new show on. It's a fascinating, intriguing, new foreign agent type picture. And it's called Fascinating, Intriguing, New Foreign Agent Type Picture. (laughs) The daffodils upon the hill will blow and blow again. He who locks the barn door afterwards is gone forward on. Well, you must be 2X. I'm 2X. Well, I'm 4X. I've been trying to find you. You understand that I only have a very few moments, and then I'm gone. I know. Now then, I want you to remember. Yes. Every word I tell you. I want my instructions. I'm going to give you your instructions. Is it true you have a photographic memory? I have a pornographic memory. Photographic memory. memory. That's right. All right. right. Once you hear something, you never forget it. Never forget it. Is that right? Right. One time and one time only. One time and one time only. All right. Now then, I want you to think very carefully. Right. Indelibly in your memory, every word I I'll tell you. etch it. All right. Tomorrow right. afternoon, tomorrow at one afternoon o'clock. at one o'clock. I want you to go to the city right. park and sit on our bench. Sit on the bench. Right. With a little With bag, a of, little popcorn. bag of popcorn. Now, now there will be three now, squirrels be three come out of a large oak, of a large oak tree, and you start throwing, start popcorn. throwing popcorn. The third little the third squirrel, little squirrel will, will walk up walk to you up to and, wink. and wink. Right. Now this is a trained squirrel. A trained squirrel. He has a pouch. He has a pouch. You'll take one of the kernels of He'll popcorn of and put it in his pouch. Put it in his pouch. You follow this squirrel. follow this squirrel. He will go to, another, go to tree. another tree. At the base, At of, the the tree, base of this tree, you will see, will see a little, a little envelope, which, needs, which a stamp. needs a stamp. Now, you take the envelope, take the envelope to the post office, to the, post office, to the regular, office, regular, regular mail, mail window, window, show the letter show to the, the letter clerk, to and the say, clerk, do you have a you stamp which will fit this envelope? This envelope, right. And he'll look at you as if you're some new kind of nut. new kind of nut, right. Right? Right. You say to him, don't look at me like that, go get your supervisor. Go get your supervisor. All right, now he'll come right. back to the supervisor. You show him the envelope. You'll say this is a special envelope. You'll reach under the counter. He'll give you a special four-cent stamp. Look over in the lower left-hand corner with your magnifying glass. You'll see the little number 62. That means you go to the 62nd Street Library between the hours of 12.06 and 2.32 because the librarian on duty at that time is a six-foot-four fellow, red hair, one blue 
blue eye, one brown. brown. A big hook nose. A, hook nose. a wart on, on the end of his, of his chin. chin. Yes. A big bottom. A big bottom, yes. A big bobbing Adam's apple. Oh, a big bottom. I didn't know. A big bobbing Adam's apple. And a little bottom belly. A pot belly, with yes. Yellow yes. With yellow shoes. With yellow shoes. Pay no attention to him. I wouldn't look at him. No, sir. Because he's not one of ours, he's no, one of he's theirs. one of theirs. Right. right. Now, you'll think you're you'll one of think theirs I'm one of if theirs. you ask right. him. If I ask him. Do you have anything you recent have anything by Oliver recent Wendell Holmes? Oliver Wendell Holmes. He says, how could I have anything I, recent have by any, Oliver I, Wendell Holmes? Oliver Wendell Holmes. He says, don't give me don't your give problems, me I have problems. plenty of my own. By that he will know you. He will know me. He will give you a library card. On the back of it it says... If you are interested in the treatise on the 16 twin screw steel cruisers... If you are interested in the treatise on the 16 twin screw steel cruisers... If you're interested in what you just said... That's right. You will go to aisle C, row 42, the top bookshelf on the left, the fourth book. You got the fourth book? You open the flyleaf. The flyleaf. Now, inside the flyleaf, you'll see a laundry list on a Chinese which is three blocks, cat-a-corner, around the corner. Go to the laundry. I'll go to the laundry. You'll wait until it's almost closing time. Just as the little Chinese man comes up to the door to put the clothes sign on, you go in. I go in. Now, you'll see behind the counter a very fat lady with a red and green with dress red with, a green purple, with a purple purple flower purple right flower. in the front. Right, right. I got that. Now she has shocking uh, red shocking hair. red hair. Which right. is frizzled. Frizzled it's shocking a, red It's a wig. Hair. It's a wig frizzled. No, no, no. It's, a, it's a wig. You grab right. the wig. I grab the wig. Right. That's right. I and she'll say, you don't have to do that to get your laundry. She'll give you a bundle of laundry. Inside the laundry, there are three white shirts, one pair of pink panties. That's right. And in the hem of the pink panties, you'll see a little piece of microfilm. Don't look at it. Don't look at dirty pictures. But when you get back to the, you understand so I lost you at the gymnasium. You didn't go to any gymnasium. The bakery. You didn't go to didn't any go bakery. To the bakery. I thought you had this. Me- I this forgot. Tape. What? There's a message coming there in. There is a message coming in. The little receiver said it's sending it out. Said. Good. It's in code. It's in code. You're the only one who knows the code. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is an important message. I'll get it. You better get it right. I'll get it right. You ready? Yeah. They're starting to send. Right. <laughs> you got it? Yeah. What'd they say? Well, that closes this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour. And here's a fact from Uncle Sam's Almanac. Did you know that the skyscraper is America's unique contribution to the skyline? From the first 10-story building in 1884, they've gone to over 100 stories. And of all the tallest structures in the world, most of them are in the United States. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.